Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Good morning, everyone. And, uh, let me also say happy Father's Day to all our dads, uh, granddads, great-granddads. Thanks for all that you do. Uh, hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Um, we have uh, two more weekends in this series uh, that we've been going through. Uh, this weekend and then next weekend, Heather is going to wrap it up by looking at a really cool section of Ephesians 6 on uh, the armor of God. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to be continuing. We're in this section where... Um, uh, <laughs> am I having a stroke? I'm not sure what just happened there, but uh, I see a light, Papa, Papa. I see, a, okay, but uh, I better get back to my notes or it'll be a long morning. Um, I, uh, let me see here. That's what I was saying. I'm going to be continuing in the section where Paul is getting very practical. We've looked at marriage. We've looked at parenting. This weekend, we're going to be looking at uh, at our workplace, uh, our attitude, our behaviors in the workplace, whether you're an employee uh, or an employer. And again today, uh, we, I'll just be sharing a little bit, and then we're going to watch a pre-recorded uh, video, uh, an interview that I did with someone in the church. But before we get to that, I just want to remind us, this series, we've been going through the New Testament book of Ephesians, and it's, it's, it's really helpful to see that it's split into two halves. First half, chapters 1 to 3 really focus in on our, on our identity as Christians, meaning, you know, who are we? We are God's dearly loved, adopted into his family children. And then we go from identity to the, the next three ch chapters, four to six. It's now identity, now it's purpose. And so because we are God's dearly loved, adopted children, how do we live that out in our lives? And Ephesians really teaches that there should be a difference in our marriages, our families, really all our relationships at the workplace, just really all that we do in life, there should be a difference between someone who is a follower of Jesus and someone who isn't a follower of Jesus. And I don't mean perfection. I don't mean sinless. What I mean is a Christian really is someone who has, has given their life or opened their life to God, right? Where God, you know, God has now done something and is doing something. A Christian is someone who's in this kingdom, this lifelong kingdom process where God is working in you, changing you, forming you, renewing you, so that you and I would look more, act more, talk more like Jesus. It's always, the answer is always Jesus in church. But yeah, so that we would be more and more like him. And so when I talk about being a Christian uh, and, and that we should be different, I don't mean, okay, you need to get out there and pull up your socks and you better clean it up. Really what it means to be a Christian is now allowing God. It's, it's allowing God to take control more and more control of your life. It's, it's really uh, admitting to yourself and to him that I, I don't know what I'm doing and I really do need help. It's submitting to his leadership. It's, it's really embracing this lifelong journey of him working in, uh, in our lives and, and then living our lives on display for all the world to see, because we've been saying this in this series, that the plan of God is to take us as Christians uh, and, and to basically lift us up for the world to see, lift up our marriages, you know, the way we parent, the way we, uh, uh, the way we do work, etc., to put us on display and, and really to say to the world, hey world, do you want to know what it looks like to be a dearly loved, adopted child of God? Here's what it looks like. 
right, that, that he, he, he wants to put us on display. And one of the primary places that we as Christians are put on display is at work. It's in business. You may be a boss. You may be a supervisor, a CEO. You may be a laborer. Uh, you may be self-employed. Whatever it is, whether for, uh, for good or, let's be honest, or for bad, our Christianity is put on display every, every time that we go to work. Uh, so I'm going to read the passage, and then I want to say a few things before we get to the video, um, just to help us take what Paul says to this, you know, in this first century letter to bring it into our 21st century lives. So here's what it says, Ephesians 6 verse 5, slaves obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no favoritism with him. So as I read that again, trying to, that's, that's a first century letter trying to apply that to our 21st century lives. I, I struggle. And, and where I struggle is I'm really I'm uncomfortable with the language Paul is using. Masters and slaves. And, 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 and more specifically, I really struggle with the word slave. Because I'm sure like many of you, that the word slave to me is such an ugly word. The word slave conjures up images in my mind of, you know, turn of the century slave trading where people are kidnapped, you know, taken from their families, from their villages, I'm thinking east coast of Africa, treated like animals, chained on slave ships, brought to the Americas, you know, and if they live through that, then they're sold into a lifetime of slavery where they're basically, you know, owned like a piece of property by another human being. So when I see that word slavery, it's such an ugly word. I go, how do I, how do we relate to that? Well, it's important to understand as we look at this text, it's important that we realize that that kind of evil slavery was not primarily what Paul was talking about in this text. Uh, it's not to say that in the first century slaves and in, in, in Paul's, where he was writing to, that slaves were not abused or mistreated by masters. But when we look at the context of the time and the people that Paul was writing to, it's really helpful for us to, to pull out of this what Paul is saying, to think where you see master slaves, to think employers, uh, uh, employees. Because at Paul's time, the, the, the people who were called slaves were basically the workforce of, of their day. I mean, every home, be you rich or poor, every home would have been affected in some way by that master-slave uh, relationship and uh, uh, in the Roman Empire, <coughs> excuse me, in the Roman Empire, it's estimated that there were first century 60 million slaves, and so that probably doesn't mean much. But when we focus in on the city of Ephesus, where you know this little church was was planted, that Paul was writing to, uh, the population in the first century was like a quarter of a million people, and it's estimated that a third of those people, over 70,000 of them would have been slaves. And this is during a time of great reforms within slavery and in the Roman Empire. And so under Roman law, slaves would typically be set free at some point. It was rare for someone to grow old as a slave unless they chose to stay with their masters. And really that became more of an adoption uh, uh, process. And so in order for us to learn from this text, it's really important that we 
uh, that we're able to sort of take out of it what Paul was saying to them and what he's also saying to us today. Something like this. Hey, it's sort of like, hey, whether you're the boss or whether you're the employee, the bigger, the more important issue is as a follower of Jesus, you and I must be aware and mindful of our kingdom witness in the workplace. Wherever you work, whatever you do, it's important that we are mindful of the fact that we are there as a representative of God. Okay, so hopefully I've set it up a little bit. We're going to go to the video now, and um, after the video, I'll come uh, back up, but uh, enjoy the video. Hey, well, uh, welcome everyone. I've already read the passage we're looking at today. It's Ephesians 6, 5 through 9, and hopefully uh, I've brought some clarity to the first century culture uh, regarding masters and slaves uh, uh, setting up our discussion today as we talk about the impact of our faith on the workplace. And I've invited uh, Dan Wolford to join me today as we continue our Who Do We Think We Are series. So welcome, Dan. Thank you. Uh, Dan and his wife, Kim, are part of our monthly advisory council. Dan is also uh, part of our quarterly uh, financial advisory council. Dan, how long have you guys been at BCDC? Uh, we started attending at the middle school in early 04, so uh, 20, okay. 17, 17 years. Ago. 17 years, okay. You must have been four when yeah, you started? exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. Middle hey. schooler, actually. <laughs> okay. Hey, so let me start. We're talking about work. Uh, just by asking, Dan, what do you do for work? Well, I'm a financial advisor and have, uh, have a firm in, based in Westerville um, and been doing it for 24 years. Okay. And so are you the owner or part owner or? Uh, we're the primary owners um, and uh, we have staff of eight. Okay. The name of the company is Swisher Financial Concepts. Okay. Okay. You can see their information at the bottom of the screen. No, okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, we're talking about work. So could you share a bit, um, I think, our upbringing when we, when we talk about work and just our, our, you know, our attitude towards work? Maybe talk a little bit about your formative years, like what kind of work ethic uh, was instilled in you as a, as a young guy? Well, I, I, I grew up with a, a father who was who work was very, you know, very important to him and in our family. Um, he was uh, experienced in working as many as three jobs at a time to support us as a family so wow. my mom could stay home. And, yeah. and um, so I, I received a lot of uh, encouragement, shall I say, in, in terms of work ethic and that was, sort of meant everything, working hard, being able to support a family. Um, and then as a teenager, I went to work on a dairy farm. Okay. And uh, so it was kind of like out of the skillet and into the frying pan where um, then you really realized what work ethic was about working yeah. around the clock with livestock. Um, so I was uh, was well-trained in, in the work ethic side of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad would often say as a kid, yeah, he would flip on the lights at six in the morning on a Saturday morning as a youngster and let's go, there's work to do. Ah. And uh, I would be, uh, you know, working for him or with him yeah. and my brother. And then it was kind of a, a mentality of when the work is done, you can go and do, you know, whatever else might be on your schedule. Yeah. But he always would follow up if I said, I want to do something with friends or whatever, is your work done? And, wow. Uh, wow. So that that did uh, provide yeah. most of the foundation of where yeah. I went yeah. from there. So work was 
important. Really Very important. important. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And he wasn't he wasn't abusive about it. It yeah, was yeah. just important that you be able to support yourself and not go yeah. to debt and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I've I perceive it as a as a positive. Yeah. Yeah. But I think as we'll get into, I think the Lord was leading me through a lot yeah. of those years there. So okay. yeah. Very cool. So we're, you know, I'm thinking is, uh, you know, we're talking, we'll be talking a lot today about being followers of Jesus and how that relates, you know, to our jobs. I think of, you know, this series that we're in that the first three chapters are identity and the next three are more the purpose. And, and so like, why would this, you know, what, what we're doing today, why would this be an important conversation as Christians to talk about our attitude towards work? Yeah, well, I, I, I believe that uh, you know that we're all called to be a witness in everything that we do obviously yeah. um, and what you find if if, if you're whether you're employed or a homemaker or, or whatever um, your work tends to provide the most interaction with other people yeah, yeah. so if you're going to spend that many hours away uh, or around other people you ought to be witnessing when you're when you're in the workplace yeah yeah. Right. yeah, I think for most people uh, watching today, uh, for at least a ser- serious chunk of their lives, work will take up a big, right. yeah. a big part of that. Exactly. Um, in, this, in the passage we're looking at, verses 5 to 8, Paul, you know, he's speaking to, to employees. You know, he uses the word slaves. And, and, and he uses phrases like, obey your masters just as you would uh, Jesus. Obey them not only when their eye is on you to win their favor. And, and I think that implies... Where to work hard, uh, work to please them, even if they're not there or not watching. So let me ask you, you know, getting more specific about like work. How does how does your faith impact the way that you work? Well, I think that um, there's a there's a work ethic and a diligence <laughs> that that is required to to be providing a true image of Christ. I yeah. think um, if you just think about all of the things that you do in a, in a given day in the workplace and you try to capture those moments. Was I bearing the image of Christ or not? And we're all sinners and guilty of many, you know, many points in the day. Yeah. I hear a lot of that of you around here, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but I think that uh, the more times we can capture those moments and and just kind of reflect back: was I was I providing a reflection of Christ or not in that in that situation? The better uh, trained you can become in in living out your faith in the workplace daily, yeah. um, to the point of you know slaves, masters, whatever. Um, I think in the end of the passage we'll get to, we'll talk yeah. some about that. But the, you know, Paul reminds us that we're all serving one master only. Yeah. yeah. And so as an employer, and I've been an employee and I've been an employer, but I constantly try to approach my work and whether it's managing people, managing clients, managing money yeah. in a yeah. sense that I'm answering to, to Jesus, not the client yeah. or the employee yeah. Yeah. or whatever. So, or the government yeah. the regulators. So this might be a bit of a, a curveball, but can you think of an example where, you know, you're in, you're at work and you're, you're functioning in your job where you were aware of your witness 
aware that as a Christian, you're on display in the workplace where that impacted a decision you made. And I, I know I'm throwing you a, we didn't talk a lot about this, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, there have been, you know, many times. Um, I remember one time uh, an employee and I um, got into sort of a heated disagreement about a certain way we were going to treat a, you know, a client situation. Uh, we didn't see totally eye to eye. And I let, as the, as the employer, I let the situation get escalated too far. He's a Christian, I'm a Christian. We both said some things loudly in the midst of other employees. Okay. okay. And I wrestled with that all evening that night. And the next day, just called the whole group together and, and apologized for the situation. Um, I didn't apologize for taking the stance I did because I still felt ethically I was right. But yeah. um, I apologized for my behavior, my yeah. non-Christ-like uh, behavior in front yeah. of the whole group the day before. And I think it, you know, it, it certainly helped that employee yeah. Yeah. in my relationship as well. Um, and I had other employees come to me later and 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 just express respect for the fact that I would, you know, humble myself, I guess, in a sense of, yeah. it wasn't that the situation was incorrect, we should have been doing it behind closed doors and that kind of thing. And yeah. when you can capture those kind of moments, and I, I learned more than anyone in the room from yeah, it, obviously, yeah. but um, I know now looking back and hearing what they said to me afterwards, some of the employees that, you know, it's, it's, it's why we have what I consider to be a you know great, you know great environment to to work in. Um, yeah. So. Now, but when you say that, it's not that everyone who works at your company would be a Christian. That's correct. So I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say everyone is. It's certainly not a requirement. I am able to make it known through the fact that uh, Kim and I will pray. Um, about any potential new hire, um, we talk about it. We we pray. Uh, we try to you know listen for the Lord to give us confirmation. Uh, she's she's very gracious to me in allowing me oftentimes to you know go off the deep end. With, but uh, I really um, appreciate her yeah. wise counsel. Yeah, and we know that most everyone that we've ever hired has been. Uh, confirmed in one way or another by the Lord. Now, our hearing and vision isn't 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes we will think we heard something, but it didn't. Um, but when we are able then to go to the employee making the offer or whatever and say, we've prayed about this and we think the Lord's saying that we should bring you on staff, it doesn't, ha it doesn't mean that they have to be a Christian. They know that we are, though. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, yeah. For whatever that's worth. Yeah. I, so I'm curious then, <clears throat> you know, so you're, 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 you have a secular career. I mean, I work at a church. I, you know, and, and uh, so, so I'm just listening to you. I'm thinking, well, to say that to someone that you're hiring, hey, we prayed about you. Mm -hmm. Have you, has that ever stirred a conversation? Like for someone to ask you, really, you, you prayed about hiring me? Like, has that ever stirred, given you an opportunity then to maybe to point someone to Jesus or yeah, I mean, it, 
I wouldn't say that there's been a lot of immediate conversations. There's, there's been a lot of folks that's like, um, we may have already had enough discussions for them to say, yeah, I've been praying about it too, you know? Uh, and I feel like this is something we should do. One of, one of our guys, in fact, uh, shared with me a verse that came up on his Bible reading plan, uh, when he was accepting the job, he's like, I think I've received word that I should do this. And yeah. he was leaving a completely different career. And that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what it does is it kind of sets the tone and, and that their, their, their ears, those that don't know the Lord as well, are, I think, start to tune in to, yeah. you know, there's something different about how this place operates. I feel yeah. like, yeah, I feel like God's yeah. presence is there every yeah. day. Yeah. And they, often start to ask those questions like well you know why is why why do i like coming to work or you yeah, know i mean yeah. not every day is great obviously <laughs> well, <it's laughs> i don't want to make it sound like we it's disneyland we have lots of we have lots of dysfunction and problems but yeah um we try very hard to you know approach it yeah with that image reflection of jesus so you're so you're talking then you know as a Christian in the workplace being aware that you're on display being aware that mm. people are watching you, like I, I'm trying to imagine now if I'm watching this, thinking okay but I don't have a boss as cool as you. No. What if like you know so so like what if what if uh, my boss acts in such a way that he or she is not deserving of my respect. What if my boss, you know, what if I work in a dysfunctional place? What if, I mean, yeah. I remember places I used to work where the norm, the culture was to badmouth the supervisor, badmouth the owner, bad, like, and so how do I, how do I be a light? Yeah. Like without being a jerk, let's just put, you know, right. as a Christian, how do I, how do I live my faith in that, in that environment? Yeah. And, and that, I think a lot of folks find themselves in that sort of scenario that's where i spent the first six years of my career in that type of a scenario um and i remember thinking um that you know these these guys are going to get what's coming to them someday but you know um and not being real thrilled about uh going to work um but i think if if everyone has <clears throat> relationships and situations that they that they can speak into, um, whether you're, you know, an employee that is as part of a department, you know, or uh, at the board, you know, at the board uh, room table, conference room, um, then, you know, you always have those chances of speaking truth and yeah. and, and light into situations. Yeah. yeah. And remembering that um, that particular temporary situation that you're in. That employer is not your master. It's yeah. you know, it's it's ultimately Jesus, and they too are being pursued by Jesus. So you have to, um, in a, you know, in a way, I think, um, approach it from the standpoint of what what Jesus would want me to say into these situations. Yeah. And, yeah. and ultimately, I think Jesus sometimes, as he did with me, pluck pluck you out of the situation. Put you in a better, yeah. you know, more purpose-driven uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you might see hearts, you know, changing from from yeah. just your own uh, input. So you said something that really is is a 
comes out of the passage that, you know, Paul talking to the slaves, he calls them slaves of Christ. He mm-hmm. just said, you know, your your boss is not does not own you. That's right. um, <clears throat> doing the will of God from your heart. And then it says this: serve wholeheartedly, as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I I think back to working in cultures in in um, environments uh, that were quite negative. I know as a Christian, I used to, and I don't know where this came from. I used to have a weird sense of I was somehow responsible for the group. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this makes sense, but I felt like it was my responsibility to clean it up. Yeah. And I think looking back that, no, I, I, I think my responsibility was to be, was to just, you know, be that presence of Jesus or to be that light. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that makes sense, but do you want to say anything towards that? Like just the freedom to be in a dysfunctional workplace and still do it as unto Jesus. Right. Because I think that's freeing for me that like right. Jesus is responsible right. for the group. I'm not responsible for the group. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. <clears throat> I mean, the example that I'm talking about were my six, first six years of my career were in, like I say, a lot of profan- <laughs> profanity and yeah. some loud voices and people feeling like, you know, nothing was going to be good enough for the boss and that kind of thing. Um, but being one of the folks there that didn't use profanity and was expressing as much kindness as possible to people, whether they were on my rear end or not, you know, throughout and being a calming voice at the table and that kind of thing. Yeah. I think, um, I think Jesus worked through that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of the people I worked with those days are clients of mine today because of the respect I think that was developed yeah, in those years. Yeah. Um, and you know, so to that point, it was kind of like just kind of maintaining the the posture of yeah. I'm not going to get sucked into yeah. using foul language all the time and you know beating down people. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure I did that from time yeah. to time, and I still do. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, more times than not, I, yeah. I was probably more of the, you know, the calming voice. Yeah. And yeah. People, so. Very cool. And so, uh, before we move on to, well, a couple more here, can you, <clears throat> uh, have you ever observed where someone's attitude, like as a, as a follower of Jesus for my attitude towards work or my work ethic, if it's, if it's a more negative one, mm-hmm. have like, uh, have you ever seen that be a negative impact on someone's ability to share their faith? Okay. Uh, Does that make sense? So if I, if I'm lazy at work or if I, I'm the complainer mm-hmm. <coughs> or I'm the gossiper, like, I mean, and then, and then to turn around and say, Oh, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. <laughs> have you ever seen where that's, right. that's like, Whoa, that's actually had negative impact. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of the, the age old, you know, issue, I think with the Christians that, you know, speak, uh, that they're Christian versus, you know, in action, you yeah. know, putting it in action. Um, I would obviously, I think I would much prefer to be known as walking out my faith and just walking around talking about Talking yeah, about yeah, all yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, I think we have to be very cautious of uh, of just making sure that our 
actions and, and what we are doing at, at work or as an employer or whatever are speaking more volumes yeah. than what's just yeah. spewing out of our mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I, it reminds me of an old country song uh, comes to mind. The lyric was, I would rather see, see a sermon than hear one any day. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think just an awareness that the plan of God is to put us on display mm-hmm. in the workplace as Christians to lift us up. Yeah. I think that that's a sobering and helpful reminder. Um, I'm going to jump to verse nine, verse nine, Paul switches gears and he focuses more on now talking to masters or employers. And he, and he says to them, basically, you know, be, uh, uh, to be kind in the way they treat their employees. And he says this, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there's no favoritism with him. I'm just curious as an employer, what, what does that, what does that say to you as an employer when you hear that? Well, I, I think it speaks to the servant leadership, humility that, you know, Christian employers need to strive toward. You know, it's very, I think it's sometimes very difficult in in situations where um, employers can become, you know, egotistical and and just sort of holier than thou in a way, whether it's uh, by position or you know, their faith or whatever. Um, but, you know, clearly God doesn't play favorites. It's, you know, there's gifts that are, that are uh, dispersed among people. If you can find your purpose, then you're really walking in what God, you know, has for you. Yeah. I mean, he, he may have handed me um, the gift of financial management. He handed you good looks. I mean, you know, We'll make sure to keep we, that. <laughs> uh, but, but I think um, at the end of the day, it's follow you know follow him, yeah, <laughs> serve him, and be humble about it. And if it's if it's in a situation where you're also leading other coworkers or employees, um, then also do that humbly and faithfully. Yeah. If you're in a position or purpose of following leadership, follow leadership, but know who your master is. Yeah. And then, you know, um, the, the purposes will, will be delivered. I'm curious, you know, if, if I'm a boss, and I am a boss now that I think about it, <laughs> but, but I think one of the challenges sometimes is because you get focused on the job, on the task, that you forget that that your employees are people, mm-hmm. they're just not, and this will sound sort of crass, but they're not just tools to fulfill that task. Like, do you feel like your faith impacts the way you see your employees and maybe give an example of it? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I totally see our employees as just coworkers. Um, we're, we're there to, to deliver, you know, relationships and, and products to to clients uh, who are counting on us um, but I think what you know what Kim and I try to focus most on is being servant leaders to anyone who yeah. works for our company you know just just because we sign paychecks or whatever has nothing mm-hmm. to do with you know our faith and authority in the kingdom it's um, 
it's we're we're the we're the lowest servants of all trying to make it wow. yeah. so that our team can actually deliver you know the product i mean i have a certain role in the company yeah. but yeah. if everybody's given the equipment uh, you know it's like the equip classes we do here and everything we try to equip our team um, to deliver and yeah. and equipping it's like what you guys do and teaching yeah you've got to you know be humble enough to to yeah. let that go yeah yeah and teach that out yeah. so it sounds uh sounds like jesus <laughs> seriously like just that that well, that uh that he came to serve and not be served right and i think that's you know is that even possible to do that in the workplace obviously you need to get the job done and a person needs right. to do their job etc but it sounds like that's a that's a chunk of the thought process when you're dealing with your employees. And I think there are many businesses out there that do it that yeah. do it that yeah. way. And I wholeheartedly believe that's yeah. available in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I fall short every morning. I open my eyes way <laughs> short. I don't want to, you know, give that impression, but, um, yeah, but I think just the trying to, to be the servant leader yeah. that Jesus called us to be is, it was what we need to do. He does all the rest. Yeah, yeah. So. Well said. So, uh, Dan, we're gonna we're gonna wind down our, our conversation, and and I guess uh, I just want to leave this last section just to say: Is there anything like any final thoughts? Anything you want to say or re say? I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, in in just thinking about the passage when you said we were going to talk about this, um, you know, I think that. Um, it's very strange language to look at from master, you know, master slave type of thing. Yeah. I just kind of encourage people to read that as inserting the word coworker all throughout or, or, you know, employer, employee, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, because truly if you can approach work from a, from a humble standpoint as whether you're employed or you're the employer focusing on the fact that, Jesus is still on the throne at the end of the day for yeah. everybody involved and is pursuing everybody involved. It helps. Well said. Well said. Well, hey, thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed thank you. this. And uh, you, um, thanks for sharing your wisdom. And so uh, now back to you, Michael. Hey. <clears throat> we worked that out. Me, myself and I, we worked that one out. Hey, so that's an edited version. I sort of got Dan to say what I wanted him to say. Um, but the, uh, the full version is, is, uh, will be available online. But uh, why don't we have the worship team come back? We're going to go back into worship in a little bit here. But I just want to say, um, you know, uh, as we start, I remember Andrew saying this series, this is like a practical, real practical section in the midst of this Ephesians series. And, and, and one of the themes, as I think of this weekend and the last two weekends, one of the themes that, that keeps coming to the surface is it's really learning to live our lives as Christians as a, as with a growing awareness of God everywhere we go and every, every, you know, whatever we're doing, right? So it's, it's like, like in, we, we're given all these practical instructions, marriage, family, workplace, uh, but it's, it's within that having a both horizontal and vertical sort of perspective as we go through it. Like if you, if you consider uh, some of the phrases, submit to one another out of reverence, for Christ, 
Wives, submit to your husbands as you do to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters just as you would obey Christ. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. And it's like, it's like you know, the picture that comes to my mind is that whatever at work, as we're focusing on that, it's learning to look at your boss, your employees, the customer, whoever it is, it's learning to look over their shoulder in every situation and learning to see Jesus. And to go, you know, actually right now, I don't answer to this person, I answer to you, Jesus. Right, so it's learning to have a, a greater sense of living our lives with God, but also, and this is one of the mysteries of the Christian faith, it's also with a greater sense of God not only with us, but God in us. Because Ephesians teaches that when you enter into a relationship with Jesus, when you become a Christian, that uh, there's something that happens not only to you, but there's something that happens in you. Whether you feel it or not, something that happens in you which is meant to impact your life, but also through you now to impact the lives of those around you. And that's something really that's, that happens to you, that something, something really is a someone. Because one of the mysteries of the Christian faith is that God, by his spirit, now comes and lives in us. And he wants to, you know, he wants to free you and heal you and love you. And he also wants to shine through you. Second uh, Corinthians 4 verse 5 says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. And what's super encouraging about that is when God gives us all these, let's be honest, impossible uh, very instructions about how to husbands and wives and you know parents and kids and and now in the workplace I'm looking at it going how is that even possible for us to live those kind of lives and here's here's the invitation of God and what we really need to understand in this as we wrap up this practical part of the series is that really the invitation of God is what he's asking of you is hey will you be a vessel that I can fill up and then shine through like, that's different, isn't it? It's not like, it's not you getting it together. It's more you being available and obedient. Like, will you be a vessel that I can fill up and, and then shine through? And earlier on in this series, there's this incredible promise, Ephesians 3.20, that says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, according to his power that fills up this really cracked, you know, uh, uh, jar of clay. So why don't we stand up? We're going to take communion. There we go. And you know, uh, if you don't have communion elements here at the back on the tables, feel free to, hopefully you're getting communion elements and not leaving. Uh, <laughs> I've got feelings too. But, you know, I was thinking about communion and thinking about this context of this mystery of God dwelling in us. And I thought, isn't it interesting that communion where we, where we, through this little wafer or bread, you know, in this little cup of juice or wine, like, uh, that we remember the death and resurrection of Jesus. And it's such a simple little way, isn't it? But I was thinking about this, the fact that, isn't it interesting that communion, what God has given us to celebrate his death and resurrection, 
It's something that we ingest. Isn't that interesting? It's something that we take into ourselves. It's something that we, that, you know, that we, we eat and then swallow. It's what we consume. And so I want to encourage us as we take communion today, I want us just to think about the fact that the plan of God is that he would live in us and that he would live in and shine through us. So on the night that he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks for it and then he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Whenever you eat it, eat it in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread. So Lord, it's so simple to chew on this little wafer, whatever it's made of, and, uh, but as we swallow, my prayer is, Lord, would you come fill us? Would you come to the deepest part of us? Would there be more of you in us and less of us in us? Just come, Lord. In the same way, <clears throat> Jesus took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, <clears throat> an agreement confirmed with my blood. Whenever you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup. So we're going to go back into worship. <clears throat> and I just encourage you, as we worship, I encourage you to in, engage your voices to sing. Engage your bodies. The Bible tells us about raising hands and clapping and bowing, etc. So really, I encourage you to engage. But, but if you feel like God gives you a picture, a word, uh, a scripture, something that you feel might be for the group, come on over here where Andrew and I will be hanging out and, and uh, we'll worship for a bit. We'll worship and then we'll take some time to pray. Let's worship. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.